Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm going to start in verse 6. It says, Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the world. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Let us pray. Lord God, as we turn to your word this morning, we just ask your blessing on it, and we're thankful for it. And just, Lord, we ask that you would just be helpful um, as we look at these passages and, and just try to see what your will for us is, understanding what you would have us to do, how you would have us to live, Lord God. So, Lord, just ask for your, your help and your blessing on our time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. My topic this morning will be focused on, really, verse 11 is, is really the key of, of what I'm saying here this morning. It says, I have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather reprove them. And so that's my goal this morning is to, to reprove them and to encourage us to not have fellowship with the works of darkness. That song, The Mighty Fortress is Our God, the first verse, but the, the second half of that first verse is, for, for still our ancient foe, doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. And there's a a truth that we sometimes forget the seriousness of the enemy and the deceitfulness that he has. And even within churches and in Christians, we we are the target. (laughs) We are, we are the enemy to Satan. And the more he can make us useless for Christ, the more he wins, right? And so that's, that's the goal. So the more we live a life that is not pleasing to God, the more we're falling into that trap that he's set. And so that's what I just want to focus on this morning. And really the, so the topic this morning... And I might step on some toes. I won't apologize. <laughs> it's my job. <laughs> I, I'm, and most of you probably will agree with me on what I say this morning, but I don't know. I don't know everybody that well. But I'm going to talk about Halloween, and should we participate in that and in what 
way ought we to participate in that if we do. And so we're going to look at it. In, in, I went online looking for various opinions and arguments, I guess, that have been presented um, on the topic. And you'd be surprised at how many fairly popular preachers are fairly for <laughs> celebrating Halloween in some modified fashion. And they justify what people do. And it just makes you look at scripture that talks about preachers having itching ears. They just want to say nice things and say what people want to hear. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. And, well, that's not our job. Our job is to point to Scripture and what, is, what does the Scripture say. And, you know, I, I, I've read a lot. I've read a lot, listened to a lot on that topic. And the argument often comes up of, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about Halloween. Okay, the word, no. <laughs> but we can infer some things. And I'll even go as far as the argument of the origin of it. And many people use, so if you're telling people not to partake in any aspect of Halloween, they usually use the origins of it. And you can go back to the, the Celtic origins and the Druids and, and all the, the satanic rituals that have, were involved in the original part of the things that took place. And, but the argument is, well... We, we use the days of the week, and while well, Sunday is named after the sun god, and Monday after the moon god, and, and Thursday after Thor. Like, well, and if you celebrate birthdays, well, they, these are, <laughs> you know, all these different things. Like, these aren't in, in the scripture, and we do these things, and they have roots that go back to some of these secular and wrong origins. And so we do these things, and so we're hypocrites if we say that we shouldn't celebrate Halloween if we if we use some of these other things that are common. So I'll, I'll go along with that and say, okay, let's not bother with the origins of it as our basis for not taking part in it. Let's look at the current, <laughs> what is Halloween today? I don't think I need to go into the origins of it to come up with a strong argument against it here. If I look around, as we drive through town or through the country. You know, on our way to church, there's a, a house not too far up the road where there are two things <laughs> sitting on chairs and it's a, it's a body, you know, arms, legs, torso, sitting on a chair and it's got the skull of an animal for the heads. Right. And this is very representative of what Halloween represents today. It's, just, it's all about death. And you put an animal head on a human body, and it's, these, it's a very spiritual, not in a good spiritual way, but an evil spirit that's attached to all of what's in Halloween. Go around town, any decoration. I don't think you could find anything good <laughs> to attach to anything that represents Halloween. Go to your um, Home Depot downtown, 
and what the store next door is now. I think that only, does that only come like this time of year? I don't even know. But man, it's huge. And what's it say on the front? Spirit Halloween. Does it make you feel as a Christian like this is a good place to walk into to, to buy anything? If you are okay with walking in there, I think there's something wrong spiritually with you. Because it's, it's the name itself implies that there is a spirit involved in what's going on in that place. And it is not a good spirit. It is an evil spirit. So just the whole basis of it. I'd encourage you, if you have any question on what I say today, <laughs> encourage you to go online, go to YouTube, and search for, I don't know exactly how you would search it, but um, ex-Satanists on the topic of Halloween. And so I listened to two or three, um, which was more than enough. And there's many others on there who were involved in Wicca or in some kind of witchcraft or Satan worship in their life and have come out of that and become Christians. Something I read says it's a shame to even speak of those things that are done. These people won't even <laughs> say the stuff that they were involved in. They, it's all veiled references to what is done in those circles. The evil that takes place in those organizations, in that form of worship, is just pure evil. It's a shame to even speak of those things that are done there. And so I don't need to name the specific things, but you get into some general stuff, and they all point to Halloween. That Halloween is the high day of that world. This is the day that they all look for. They... Christians have this tendency when it comes to Christmas and Easter, and I would point to Easter in particular being an actual scriptural <laughs> thing to, to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And in anticipation of that day approaching, we do some preparation, right? Like the thoughts of what took place go through our mind in weeks prior to that, and there's some things that go on in, in our hearts and our minds, preparing us to remember that moment. And we do some ritualistic things, like the, the communion table and, and different things like that, in remembrance of that. And these Satanists, or past Satanists, they point to Halloween that same way that we look to Easter. They have that same anticipation and preparation leading up to that day. And it's the day where they talk about that spirit world seems closer on that day, is more accessible on that day. Look at what the world does on Halloween. And I don't need to look at its origins in the slightest. I can just look around our city and look at people who's, who are involved in the little bit darker side of our world, where most of us aren't very well 
and thankfully we're not very aware of a lot of what goes on there, but we can look to some of those people to learn that there's a lot more involved in Halloween than little kids in cute costumes going out asking for candy. And so we're going to look at some scripture on the topic in a general sense. And in this passage that I read in Ephesians, it starts off, it says, let no man deceive you with vain words. Don't let no man deceive you with vain words. If anyone's making an argument as to why you should, why it's okay for you to take part in Halloween, they're deceiving you and you're letting yourself be deceived. You're basically, you're making excuses for what you want to do. <laughs> if there's even a, the fact that I can go online and find countless articles and YouTube videos on the topic with countless preachers often making excuses why it's okay to take part or to do some modified version of it. That tells me something. It tells me that your conscience is telling you that not to do it, but you're looking for a way around your conscience to justify the thing that you want to do in the flesh. The fact that that whole topic even exists is an indication that in our hearts we already know what the answer is, but we're looking for an excuse to take part in it. It says, let no man deceive you. Well, if someone's deceiving you, that means there's a false teacher out there. If a person is making arguments, and I think, I... I've mentioned before, when I watch a, a video of someone, I, my tendency is to go into the comments because that tells me a lot. <laughs> and I go through the comments of what people have to say in response to this video or to the topic. And, and it reveals a lot of that. And it's, you see both, both sides. But you see the false teachers, and they like to, to find ways around. And by the, the things that I said, even. But some arguments that they have, it's for the kids. It's just harmless fun for the kids, right? It's just harmless fun. And one of the arguments I said, like, there's not a single kid that comes to your door for the most part, there's not likely a single kid that comes to your door that would be able to tell you that there was anything satanic about that day. Anything wrong spiritually with what they're doing. Well, don't go by the wisdom of children to define your theology. <laughs> I think there's a, the, the issue is if the children don't know that there's something wrong with it, that was a fault of the parents. The fault of us as a church not teaching the world and our children and our families that there's something wrong here. The only reason they don't know there's something wrong with it is because nobody's told them. There was one comment though. This mother said they had never taken part in Halloween and I don't know how old the kid was at the time, but young enough. And they decided to 
to dress up and take the kid out trick-or-treating one year. And they get out, and they're walking down the street, and the kid looks up to the mom and says, Mom, what's wrong with you? This is evil. <laughs> the child had more wisdom than the mother did. The, the child was actually able to see what was wrong with what they were doing. So sometimes, yeah, children do have more wisdom than the adults and do see. They just, the kids just want the candy, though, right? Like, they're willing to overlook everything because they get the treat. <laughs> and what an evil way of deceiving people is, here's a treat. I'll get you to take part in this thing. I won't go to the... I think we all know it is the parent's job to, to teach the children. I won't bother going to Scripture to, to prove that point. If you need that, well, come see me afterwards. One of the other arguments is that its origins have nothing to do with the current practices, particularly in North America. Well, that could be very easily argued and <laughs> disproved, but, um, you know, as I said, anybody that's been involved in the occult will tell you that the original, the origins of it have very much to do with what takes place today as well. The other argument is, if we don't dress as evil characters, there's nothing wrong with taking part. Well, as long as I dress as a, an angel or a fairy or a, a princess or Power Ranger, as long as it's nothing evil and wicked that I'm dressing, I'm not dressing as a witch or a vampire or anything like that. It's okay, right? Well, we'll, we'll look at that later. And here's the one that really bothers me the most. It says, we'll have a harvest party. And I've never heard this one till, till now. Or a trunk and treat party at the church. Trunk and treat instead of a trick or treat. By substituting something in its place, where you're actually doing the same things under a different name. Is it really different? Are you not taking part because you called it something different? I saw somebody, and I, I can't remember what their argument, I already had mine written down. I said, if we change the name of Christmas to the anniversary of Jesus' birth, and we go home, and we say, and we tell everybody we don't celebrate Christmas, I only recognize the anniversary of, of Jesus' birth. But if I go home and I get a tree, bring it in my house and decorate it, and I buy a bunch of presents and wrap them and put them around the tree, is it not still Christmas? Am I not still celebrating Christmas? If I do all the same things, but I've called it something else because, well, it would be wrong to, sell, to call it Christmas. It's, you're still celebrating Christmas. You're still doing the same things. So if we're on Halloween, instead of calling it Halloween, we're going to call it a harvest party, but we're still going to let the kids dress up in costumes, and we're going to give them a lot of candy. Did anything change? Well, not the word. Well, it's not the word that's the issue, is it? It's the, the entire activity and everything that's associated with the activity is the problem. So changing the names and changing some of what we do around it is no change. 
It's just justifying it in our minds and trying to placate our minds so that we, we feel okay with what we're doing. We do that with a lot of things, by the way. In this passage in Ephesians, so that's deception. We have this, we have a habit of when I want to do something, of looking to teachers who are willing to tickle my ears and tell me it's okay to do the thing that I want to justify doing, right? And we're deceived by those things, willingly, for the most part. The second part, if we get down to verse 11, that I said is the, the whole context of everything I want to say. It says, to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Changing the name and doing a similar activity separate from the going door-to-door thing. Is that reproving the works of darkness? No, you're just kind of joining it in a subtle way. It says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. We need to look at that a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians 10. I'm just going to look at this idea of who and what we fellowship with. Corinthians 10, and I'll start in verse 19. It says, What say I then, that the idol is anything, or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? Just to get some context there. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice is sacrifice to devils, and not to God. And I would not that ye have fellowship with devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. I'll stop there. That's an interesting way to, to follow up what he said about this other thing with the idols and having fellowship with devils. When we do certain things, when you take part in Halloween, for example, and you dress your kid up and you go door to door, or just getting dressed in a costume and giving candy, you're partaking of the things of the satanic rituals that is going on in the world. You're doing the same things. You're partaking of those things. And you're having fellowship with devils when you're doing that stuff. When you're taking part in those events, you are fellowshipping with the devil. And he says you can't drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You can't partake of the Lord's table and the table of devils. It's, these are two opposite things. But it's interesting that he says in verse 23, all things are lawful for me. You know what? If I was to dress up as Freddy Krueger and go out trick-or-treating and dress my kids as little vampires or whatever, evil little creatures, 
little creatures. And we go door to door, knocking on doors, trick or treating. If we did that, would I have lost my salvation? Is my salvation tied with whether I do this thing or don't do it? No. It's not. <laughs> so what are, we, what are we talking about? He says, all things are lawful for me. I can do the things. You can go out and you can do, take part in Halloween all you want. If you're a saved believer, you're not going to lose your salvation. You're not going to hell because you took part in Halloween. But you've sure ruined your fellowship with the Lord. Those things, he says, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. They're all lawful, but all things edify not. You go back to Romans, Romans chapter 8. says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. There is no condemnation. There's not a thing I can do in this world to lose my salvation once I've put my faith in Christ as payment for my sin. But we can go to Romans chapter 6. It says, do we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Don't do the stuff. Get it? When you're saved, like, we should be striving to get as far from these worldly and devilish things as we could possibly get. We don't have fellowship with that stuff. I'm going to turn to a verse and use it out of context. There's a guy I watch, he wears a t-shirt, says a verse taken out of, I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. <laughs> so I'm going to do that this morning in, in 1 Peter. First Peter chapter 1. You can look at the context if you want it. The context around what the verses I'm going to read are kind of irrelevant because the verses I'm going to read can be applied in many, many different circumstances. There's just the context there is, is a particular circumstance. And we're just going to take them and, and look at it from a different angle here. Oh, I was going to say that verse doesn't exist. First Peter chapter 2, sorry. Verse 15 says, For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. We have liberty in Christ. All things are lawful for me. Like, there is therefore now no condemnation. These things are all true. It's not a salvation issue. It's a, am I living the way Christ would have me to live? Am I doing the things Christ would have me to do? And that's where it all stems from. And so he says, don't use your liberty as a cloak of maliciousness, but as a servants of God. We're free. We're free to, to live. However, however we choose. But that's not the will of God. And 
That should never be the attitude of our heart when we're coming to God and living our life. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Philippians chapter 1. Tie this one with what we just read in 1 Peter. Philippians 1 verse 27. It says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. That's, let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That's not using our freedom our liberty in the wrong way. It's like, you have that. Now, now live as becometh the gospel. The question, I don't know where to ask this question in all of this, but I'll ask it here. If Jesus was knocking on your door, in the flesh, Jesus in the flesh, the real guy, while you're dressing your kids up in their Halloween costumes, you're getting ready to go out trick-or-treating. How do you feel as you open that door? Are you comfortable welcoming Christ into your home as you're preparing to do that thing? Think about that. We could, we could ask that question over a lot of things that we do in our homes, couldn't we? <laughs> but just to put this into perspective of are we really okay? Because is God really okay with me doing this? Put him there in the room with you and think about what your response would be. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 now. Verse 14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Remember, we're talking about Fellowship. Who do we have fellowship with? This is fellowship. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 17 says, Wherefore, because you are the temple of the living God, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Come out from among them and be separate, and touch not the unclean thing. You know what they, 
Satanists, the ex-Satanists say about the candy at Halloween? That it gets prayed over by Satanists. There are curses put on the candy itself. We kind of, we like to go buy the, the cheap candy at, after Halloween, right? Like it goes on sale and us good parents that want to shove sugar into our kids' faces. <laughs> we like to go and we buy it cheap afterwards. These guys are saying, don't even do that. Don't, don't, even, don't even touch the candy that's involved. Go buy candy some other time. Because there's a curse with this thing. You're, you're taking part in the fellowship with these evil things that are taking place in the world. If I go back to Ephesians 5. As we read through there, after verse 11, I'll I'll just read read it and then I'll focus on the, the last verse. It says, For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whoso, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And these last couple of verses speak about wisdom. It says, walk as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You know, we can understand the will of the Lord. I'm out of order, but I'm going to go there. Hosea chapter 4. chapter 4, and just one verse here, verse 6. It says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Talk about this verse, verse 17 in Ephesians 5. Be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We're destroyed by a lack of knowledge. We participate in things in our world, ignorantly often, or willingly in some cases, 
by just refusing to look at the issue and seeing what scripture has to say about this type of thing or what is really involved in this, this thing. And we try to make wicked things seem innocent so that we can take part in them. We justify the things that we, we want to do. Galatians um, chapter 5 talks about the works of the flesh. And it starts to list works of the flesh. And in that list, you have idolatry, you have witchcraft, and the King James uses the word emulations. And I just looked up that word because in my head, it was like I suddenly knew what that word meant, like how we would use that. If I emulate somebody, I'm copying someone, right? You know what happens at Halloween? What do kids choose to dress as? What do adults tend to dress up as? They're idols. The things that they like, right? Like characters that they like to watch. These things that we, we watch, whether it's a cartoon or we play video games, right, boys? And we start to emulate the characters in the, these things that we take, we spend our time watching and playing. That's a bit of a problem. <laughs> these are works of the flesh, and it's tied with idolatry, and it's tied with witchcraft. Witchcraft is a work of the flesh. We need to be careful of these things and not to willingly take part in this stuff. All of that ties in with all of what Halloween is about very, very closely. Just... Yeah, I'm going to go back to, to Deuteronomy. Just, just so we can see very specifically what the Bible says. Deuteronomy chapter 18. The entire topic, the entire content of what Halloween originated as and is still about is dealt with here. And in, in various other places as God's giving the law through, through Moses. But Deuteronomy 18, we start in verse 9. It says, When thou art come into the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. You know, I think as Christians, we look at this list that is given, we're probably 
guilty of being careful not to look too close at the, what falls under each of these categories. Divination, observer of times, an enchanter, a witch, a charmer, a consulter with familiar spirits, a wizard, or a necromancer. Wait. I'm going to challenge you outside of Halloween this morning. And I won't name anybody, but you'll think of someone if you know the person. Use it, or (laughs) that useth divination. How do you find where to drill your well? What? What? What's that word? Water witching? (laughs) Look it up in a, I think it was Jeff that had looked it up in an encyclopedia of witchcraft. It's called divination. You're divining for water using some kind of stick or tool. Should a Christian be doing that? Should a Christian call somebody in to do that for them, to decide where to drill their well? You know what the answer I always get from people? Well, it works. Um, nobody said it didn't work. <laughs> nobody said witchcraft was fake. And I think we have this problem that we've turned witchcraft into a fairy tale. Disney has done a good job of that. There is nothing fake about witchcraft and all the various forms of it. It's very real. And yes, the stuff works. That's why they do it. There's a power there that people want and long for. And God says, don't do that stuff. Put that stuff away from you. That's why I'm kicking these people. You hear arguments against Christianity and against the Bible from from worldly people who try to make God evil because God's into genocide, right? God destroyed and kicked all these people out of the land and they just wiped them out, kill every one of them. Because they're doing pure evil, satanic worship. <laughs> Don't jump into that stuff and think that you're going to get away without having some effect on you. These things are things that God was very specific of. Don't do. My mom. with this I guess (laughs) my mom was sick with cancer and there was they were pretty fed up with what the doctors were doing and went into the naturopathic world of stuff and at one point my mom was so weak that she couldn't she couldn't personally do the stuff that they were asking her to do so they're trying to give her supplements and you know, the herbs and vitamins or whatever. And the, the method is to place the thing in the person's hand and observe whether she would move towards the thing or away from the thing. And that was going to determine whether she needed that or not. This is divination, people. <laughs> you know what? My Christian parents, my very godly mother didn't recognize what was wrong with this. She was just so desperate to find a solution to her problems that they got into this stuff 
it went to the point where my mom couldn't be the one holding it. She was too weak to do it. So my dad would hold her hand and they would put the stuff in his hand and see her response. Think about that a little bit. If there's, there's some divination, there's some spiritual things. And our very devout Christian friends that I grew up with, that live in the same area, I was talking to them as this stuff was going on, questioning the wisdom. And they said, oh, well, he's a Christian man. That doesn't make it better, guys. That it's a, someone who claims to be a Christian performing witchcraft does not make the witchcraft okay. My people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. We need to be careful and have some wisdom and knowledge in the things that we're getting involved in and recognize that just because a person claims to be a Christian doesn't mean that the thing they're doing is right before God. Let's not have fellowship with devils. That's what they're doing. I'm going to, I'll end with, with this. You know the name Anton LaVey? He was the writer of the, what's the book called anyway? Satanic Verses. The Devil's Bible. This guy wrote it. He just died, I think, recently. In an interview, you'd be interested to know what he had to say about Halloween. He's described as the founder of the Church of Satan, and he said that by dressing up, either by wearing a costume or coloring oneself for Halloween, no matter what the costume is, by doing that is tantamount to worshiping the devil. That's his words. Not, not a gospel preacher. This is a Satan worshiper. The founder of the Church of Satan said that by dressing up, by wearing a costume, or coloring yourself for Halloween is tantamount to worshiping the devil. And he also said this. He said, I am glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night of the year. Welcome to Halloween. That's his words. Any Christian preacher that tells you that it's okay to have a harvest party and to dress your kids up on that night and to give them candy and to take part, well, just don't go do the, don't take part in the evil parts of it, just the fun parts. If anyone's telling you that, mark that person. You ought not to listen to that person. They are a false teacher. They're deceiving you. The entire night is devoted to fear in some way or another. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and a sound mind. We need to use that mind. We need to have some wisdom when it comes to whether or not we're going to take part in some of these things that are done in our world. Let's pray.